I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Red alert. All hands stand to battle stations. Luck as far as attack positions. Prepare for battle. Autobots, roll out. Get ready. It's your weekly dose of nerd culture. Always reporting. With your crew, Obi-John Kenobi. Hello there. Commander Scott. Amazing about it, I know this shit like the back of my ass. Julian. You tell him I'm coming, and hell's coming with me, you hear? And the Doc. Great Scott. Movies, TV, streaming, video games, comic books, board games, toys, collectible and cosplay, conventions. If it's happening in the world of geekdom, we're talking about it. So lock and load, bag and board, and roll for initiative. We've got your... Hello, everyone. Welcome. Thank you for joining us yet again for another episode of Nerd Alert, a member of the Talk Nerdy to Me podcast network. I am Commander Scott. Joining me tonight from somewhere in time and space is, of course, the Doc. Doc, how are we doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, In relation to tonight's episode, I'm sure you've heard, but I was informed of this by my fiance Megan, China recently launched a rocket into space, and part of the rocket is in orbit. It was intended to break away and land and be recovered. Like like the SpaceX stuff, right? Yep, yep. Okay. But they launched it too far, and... (laughs) When it detached, it actually was it was in orbit, <laughs> and uh, its orbit is currently decaying. Uh-oh. Uh oh, as it does, uh, and they are predicting that it will re-enter the Earth's atmosphere somewhere between the eighth and tenth of May, and the predicted danger zone for impact, because once it re-enters, they can't really control it. Uh, is somewhere north of New Zealand, but south of Greenland. <laughs> so they, they launched the rocket, and I guess it, it, it separated late, and basically did too long of a burn, and when it separated, it was into a unstable orbit, I guess. Yep, yep. And, and it, it's going to be coming down. Now, are they, now, originally, it was supposed to come back down, and they were supposed to land it, right? Yes, just are, like SpaceX. Just does. like SpaceX. So, are they going to be able to regain control of the rocket once it gets within range, or is it just now it, it it's past that and it's going to hit where it hits? That I'm not sure of, but I I think that they've lost uh, the ability to control it. That it's um, even when if it comes back into range with re-entering the atmosphere, it's going to probably fry some stuff on its way in, and um, <laughs> so. Uh, so it's so it's it's more than likely unless we've misunderstanding something it's more than likely unrecoverable and they should probably be evacuating New Zealand. Ah, uh, yeah, and the the best part is it's um, apparently oh what did what they say it's like twenty or thirty stories. Oh hell, it's a skyscraper. <laughs> I don't know if it's that tall because that's three hundred <laughs> feet, and I'm not sure how tall the SpaceX launch platforms are. 
that the I, rockets that they recover. Yeah, those I would have to look up. Uh, that I don't know. I, I've seen the video of them landing, and it's it's quite impressive that they can recover those. Yeah. So uh, kudos, China. Well done. Uh, hey, you thank know, you for putting some debris in orbit. Well, that, uh, you know, I mean, when you get Chinese knockoffs off of eBay, you get what you pay for. <laughs> it's true. So this is most definitely <laughs> the Chinese knockoff of SpaceX. Uh, it's actually Space Y is what it is. It's. <laughs> I just When she told me that, I couldn't believe it. I was like, that is... It's it's ridiculous, but it makes sense that they. <laughs> well, I just couldn't believe it. Well, uh, thank you for being here with me tonight. Of course, we are noticeably absent. One of our our normal people tonight, uh, Obi John, is not with us right now. We don't know where he is. All we know is that he loves other people more than he loves us. That so bastard. Yeah, yeah, but that's okay because we are here. We are together. I want to thank everybody listening for joining us for uh, this special episode of House Rules. That is, that's the name of this podcast, right? House Rules. That's what we're doing. Yeah. 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 Right. Cool. Yeah. House Rules. Awesome. Yeah, 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 Where we yeah. do all things gaming related because we're going to we're going to go into we are going to discuss today a board game. We're going to get really geeky nerdy on you because not only are we going board games, but we are going simulation board game and NASA space board game, which is why the doc was kind enough to bring us that, uh, uh, space exploration tie-in, uh, of, yeah. of local news. I love that specifically the game, one of the games that we're going to be talking about, we may get to two, but, uh, we're talking about a tabletop game called leaving earth and doc. I don't know if, uh, if you know how this game came into our sphere of influence. I don't know if I've ever told you the story. Have I told you this? Uh. I don't, you may have, um, well, but you go ahead and share. Right. Well, I, I tell you, I could use a refresher. That's fine. And for those out there, you know, in TV land, uh, because I don't like radio land and that the rest of it doesn't make any sense. Um, I was at Gen Con several years ago. And uh, for those of you who don't know, Gen Con is one of the, uh, largest gaming conventions in the United States. It happens in Indianapolis, usually around, uh, late summer. And, it was the night before Gen Con started. It's a three-day event. Uh, this was actually Wednesday night because we were there early. Myself and Obi John and another friend of ours wa- were in the hotel lobby, and I was teaching them how to play a game called Battle for Rokugan, which is uh, uh, based in the Legend of the Five Rings universe. Uh, it's a fun game. I love it. And um, sitting next to us were these four guys and they were playing a game that I happened to glance over and immediately I locked on it. And I'm like, the hell is this? It had cards everywhere. The table was full. They were talking about Saturn five rockets and Juno rockets. And, and the year, I think the year at the time that, that I tuned in was like 1958 or something like that. Then, you know, someone's like, Oh crap, I've had a catastrophic failure in my right. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on over here? So while I'm trying to teach this game to Obi John and Tyler, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I got an ear like tilted, you know, like toward this thing. So I'm trying to hear as much as possible. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell is this? And I finally, I finally just blatantly asked them. I'm like, guys, I got to know what this is. And it's a game called leaving earth. 
it's a tabletop game of the conquest of space uh ranging the base game ranges from 1956 to 1976 it is uh the game designer is a gentleman by the name of joseph fatula if i'm pronouncing that right if not i'm very sorry by the the company that that sells it because it's he 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 self-published it is called the luminar the luminaris group incorporated and you should be able to find a copy of it on their their website uh so i got this game i ordered it as soon as possible it wasn't available at gen con and i ordered it and it took it forever to come in because small company you know they 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 kind of it's it's almost an on-demand printing when they order it you know they get a few orders in then they do a run and i i got this game in i started reading the rule book one of the best rule books i've ever read by the way and i, I wanted to play it so bad but there's literally i, I knew nobody i knew of nobody that would play this game with me because it's uber nerdish. And then I thought, wait, I know somebody who will love this game. My friend, the doc from, it's so true from Illinois, Iowa, because they're both I state. <laughs> so I just lump them into one. And so, yeah, I, so I approached him with it and uh, yeah. So well, uh, what did you think when I approached you with it? So I, to understand my love of it, you got to kind of go back a little bit. I, love space exploration and not just like the star trek kind or star wars kind i mean like nasa um i was into watching shuttle launches i wish i could have seen a saturn 5 rocket actually launched i saw apollo 13 i've seen the right stuff i saw uh, first man basically any movie about NASA and space exploration or anything about space exploration, I'm super into. Also, I'm a math teacher. Hmm. And when, when you came to me with the, this game, I was like, okay, space exploration plus math. So, so so why why is math important here? What, what, what's the connection with math and math in this game? What's going on? Because you need to have the appropriate amount of thrust to launch your payload into space. And as you add components to your space vessel, basically, uh, it increases weight. So you need the proper thrust to propel that much payload into space, which is, I want to say accurate to actual science, but... In the game context, it's kind of a little wonky, but I mean, it's good. I like it. Uh, well, anytime. So you have to you have to try to balance everything out because you if you have too heavy of a vehicle, you can't get it off the ground. Uh, yeah, I mean, to go into a little bit of further detail on this, I mean, you've got your 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 base rocket is a Juno rocket. If I remember correctly, it's been a while since we played this. Yeah. Yep. So. You know, so you've got a Juno rocket, right? And it provides four thrust. It has a mass of one. So to get, let's say, from lunar orbit to Earth orbit, okay, you have a difficulty of three. So you take the mass of your, your spacecraft, which if it's just, let's just do it, the Juno rocket. You take the mass times one, uh, one times the, the difficulty the, the maneuver difficulty, lunar orbit to Earth orbit, is is three. So a, a Juno rocket, so that's that's one times three equals three. That's how much thrust you need to complete that. So a Juno rocket fires four thrust. So a Juno rocket by itself can get itself from lunar orbit to Earth orbit. However, if you add, you know, uh, a, a probe onto it, 
which has a mass of one. So you now have a probe mass one, a Juno rocket mass one. So for a total mass of two for the, for the, for the vehicle times, the difficulty is six. So one single Juno rocket cannot produce enough thrust to get that probe from lunar orbit to earth orbit. And that's the crux, the, the, the main, well, one of the two main mechanics that I love in this game, uh, through it. And this is exactly why the reason, the reason why none of my other friends will play this game with me. <laughs> <laughs> the math he's just sitting there staring i just remember when we we were playing it during uh the pandemic like when everything was shut down and we played online and uh on tabletop simulator and i just remember staring at the board sometimes for like you know three or four minutes just trying to do the calculations to figure out okay what do i need okay now i'm overweight all right now i've got the right thrust but now I'm overweight again. Okay, now I need to add. But every time you added more rockets, and then it—that's the thing—is you have to upgrade your your rocket science, basically, and yeah, get better equipment. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you'll fall behind. Yeah, because it's a race to space. So each player is playing a, a specific space agency. You've got NASA, of course, for the United States. You've got the Russian space agency, which I forget exactly what they're called. Um, uh, but you've also got, I think the, the Chinese space agency, um, the Japanese space agency, were they a playable, playable race? I think France, maybe France. Uh, and was there one more? Cause I think the game plays up to five. If you play as China though, there's a card where you have to leave at least part of your spaceship in orbit. <laughs> yeah. You can't take all your spaceship with you. No, no, it's, it's gotta go, but, uh, we need to do that as an expansion actually. Um, so, so we played this game and, and like I said, so the math, the, the thrust to weight ratio for the difficulty of the maneuver. And so to give you an idea of all the things, this is just the base game here that that you can go. You've, you, you've got these small tile cards that, that make up your, uh, area of operation, the board, basically the different areas you can go. Uh, so you, you start off on earth, of course, and then you've got suborbital flight, then from there, you can either go to Earth orbit or you can do a lunar flyby. From Earth orbit, you can go to lunar orbit and then the moon. Um, from Earth orbit, you can go to the inner planet's transfer, which is this is where you start getting, you know, some some really interesting um, uh, astrophysics here. Um, from the inner planet's transfer, you can go, you can do a Venus flyby, you can do a Mars orbit and you can get to Mars. Uh, or you can continue on to Ceres, where you can get to Venus orbit, Venus. Um, you can do a Mars flyby, Phobos. And, of course, you can get to, like, others. Like, you can do a Venus flyby and then try to get to uh, Venus orbit. But each of these, going from one to the other, has different difficulties on, on what it takes to get there. See, so like, if you're wanting to get a spacecraft from Earth all the way to do a Mars flyby and back, you've got to look at the weight of that spacecraft at every stage, how much thrust you need to get from, from one to the next, to the next, to the next and back. And sometimes it can be a little daunting. It takes quite yeah. a minute. We quickly learned the best way is to, to work it backwards. Yep. You see where you want to end and then say, okay, I need this here. I need this much here, this weight with this thrust and just go back and keep working back. Um, but <laughs> One of my favorite memories of us playing this together was uh, when I just shot a probe right on by the moon. 
Oh, you did. Because uh, all I had to do was survey the moon. Yeah, that's all you uh, that had. Was that was one of my. That, that was, was one of our goals. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, so you have goals that you have to achieve. That gives you victory points if you're the first agency to, to achieve those goals, and that's how you get the victory points and ultimately win. But yeah, go ahead. And I so I, I was trying to figure out of like, okay, I got to try to get this one because it was the easiest one to get to and the fastest that I could do it. And I, I was like, okay, I can put it into space and I can do a lunar flyby. I was like, there's absolutely no way that I have enough money or uh, parts to get it back. So I'm just going to go ahead and launch it straight off into space. Uh, and that's, that's what I did. And I, the, another thing that I really love, and I'm sure we'll get more into this is you have success or failure cards. Yep. Yeah. The, the, and, um, so go ahead, Scott. Well, I was going to say, this is what you're, you're about ready to touch on is this, my second favorite mechanic of this game it's between the the whole thrust to weight ratio the difficulty payload and everything and this mechanic here uh are are two of the reasons first of all i love the subject matter but from a gaming standpoint these two mechanics i loved completely uh would you like to fill everybody in on how this mechanic works so you have see if i can remember correctly you draw three cards and uh they're they either say success minor malfunction or a major malfunction uh minor malfunction is not bad you can fix it you just wait a turn and it sort of works itself out so like if you have a rocket on the pad and you have a minor incident the rocket is still good it just doesn't fire it's just kind of a a dud and so you wait a turn and you don't lose it now a major problem you lose everything you lose usually it's a rocket yeah the uh, if you have a probe, if you have a capsule, if you have an astronaut, you lose everything. It's usually a big bada boom is the is the yeah. major malfunction. Yes, things go all exploding. Uh, so you and then you have a success and you want successes. And the thing is, you you have to pay money to clear off your malfunctions. So if you have an incident and it doesn't work out, you have to pay money to remove that card. Mm-hmm. And if you have three malfunctions you have to pay to get all those cards but then it works perfectly every time yep after that you fully research the technology so yeah so you'll you'll buy your technology card for whatever rocket or you know because it's not just rockets you've got technology for the for the capsules for life support for all kinds of things and yeah if you get a if you get a failure you know you, you do what the failure says but then you can pay money to remove it and this simulates you putting money into researching why did this go wrong and how can we fix it so it doesn't happen again now uh you can you can pay to remove successes as well you don't have to and the reason that you would pay to remove a success sometimes is so like as the doc said when you get a new technology you draw three uh, outcome cards and you put them face down you don't know what they are and then when you go to fire your rocket or use your technology you draw one so let's say you have a failure Okay, so you pay money, you clear the failure, you've now got two. Okay, so let's say you you fire the rocket again or you use the technology. And so you shuffle the cards and you pull and it's a success. And then you use it again. You shuffle the cards, you pull and it's a success. Okay, it's it's worked twice so far. Now the question becomes, do I have two success cards here? Or do I have one failure and one success and I've just been getting lucky? And you have to weigh that risk against 
how urgently do you want to get to space? <laughs> and if if your commander Scott, the answer is you have two success cards. Sometimes, sometimes you do. Now, if you're ever down to one success card, so like let's say I paid to clear that success. I now have one card. I fire the rocket. I flip that last card. It's a, it, it is a success. You can always clear the last success for free. You don't have to pay to get rid of that one because you know it's a success. It's your only option. You know it's going to succeed every time. There's no reason you'd ever pay to get rid of it, so just get rid of it. I love that mechanic. It is a beautiful way to, to simulate um, risk management and and developing technology over time with tests. I love it. So the, the goal was, like I said, the goal was to survey the moon. Yes. That's what I had to do. And so I had the rockets to get there. I knew they were going to be a success. But the one thing that I hadn't really worked out yet was the surveying technology. So you have to flip an outcome card for surveying. And I launched my probe past the moon with my fingers crossed, hoping that I would flip <laughs> over a success, and I did. Yep. So thankfully, I was yep. able to survey the moon on a just long shot of launching my rocket with its probe right, right. past the moon. Because literally, and, literally, you could have used Juno rockets, less expensive rockets, to launch your probes into uh, suborbital flight, and you could have done, you could have used that suborbital flight to do the tests of the probe and the, the survey technology to clear any any failures. That way you would be confident when you did a lunar flyby that your technology would work. But that would have required several rounds. And, and so you had to weigh the risk. Do I want to take that time to make sure the mission is 100% successful? Or do I want to think I've got it and, and launch with fingers crossed so that I can get ahead of the other space agency that I'm racing against? <laughs> I really enjoyed, too, after that, referencing the fact that that uh, uh, probe was just off somewhere in space still. It's just still flying. Out there. It is. And I'm pretty sure next time we play Star Trek Ascendancy, that probe is going to come back uh, to Earth in the 24th century um, uh, as, a, as, as an intelligent probe, maybe called V'ger. I don't know. But. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. That, that's. He... You're right. You do have to weigh the risk, and you—that's the thing that I learned playing that game too—is that, yeah, you can spend the time testing and succeeding, and testing and succeeding, and then clearing failures and doing that. But if you're gonna achieve your goals in that 20-year time frame, you have to accept some risk. Yes, and. You know, I mean, like if you're if you're sitting there trying to do everything by the book, if you're trying to, you know, research your technology, perfect your technology, get everything done and everything. Yet I'm over here, you know, all, you know, willy nilly, just launching people into space and going, yeah, let's go, you know, and, and, and I'm turning up successes, then I could be getting further and further ahead of you. Or I could put all my money into, you know, Saturn V rockets going for a moonshot without trying any of my technology and literally have a catastrophic failure. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, and trust me, doing doing the moon landing because of course that's one of the goals that you can turn up for a game is of course land on the moon and return somebody to the earth. Getting the technology together to to do a moonshot and to land on the moon and get somebody back, keep them alive in space. Because if if you have any astronauts actually on board, um, um, 
and it's in space at the end of your turn, they die unless you have life support technology. And if it's not, so at the end of your turn, if the life support technology isn't fully researched, you have to flip to see if it works. And there's a chance it couldn't if you haven't, you know, anything. Because who was my, because I was playing the Russians uh, on, a, on a couple of them. Who, who was my, who was, there was one guy I kept sending up and he kept getting luckier and shit. Yuri. You he took Yuri? Yuri Gagarin. He was, Yuri was your first man in space. Uh, he completed an orbit, I think, or no, he completed an orbit. Yeah. And then you, I think you sent him to the moon by himself. Did I? <laughs> he was all by himself. And in I, his little, uh, so I think he was in a Soyuz capsule. Soyuz capsule. And I didn't have anybody. I, I didn't have the, the, I still had cards on my stuff. I wasn't fully researched. Was I? Not entirely. He, but he, you got super lucky on the orbit. Yeah. Because uh, reentry, and then uh, he reentered safely, and then you started getting your stuff together to send him to the moon. And I don't think landing was fully researched yet. Yeah, there was something. But but Yuri was a pilot, so his landing skill was improved. I think that was yeah. So hang on. So I think he. I think it was that his. Like on landing, if I flip over a minor malfunction, I get to treat it as a success when you're using Yuri because he's such yes. a good pilot. And I had two cards on my landing, and I'd only ever turned up successes. But because of Yuri, I was I was banking that it was a minor minor malfunction, not a major malfunction. And, it, and that's that's right. As as I was bringing him back, I think from the moon, I flipped a minor malfunction. But because it was Yuri, he was able to he was able to get the the capsule back in one piece. So. <laughs> yeah good old yuri i'm i'm pretty sure that we rewrote history that game because he was he not only was the first man to orbit the earth but he was the first person to set foot on the moon and uh that was a solo flight for that poor guy he was probably bored to death he was i mean what is it it's like Minimum mission time to the moon and back, uh, I think, is depending on how long you stay there. It's, it's like eight or nine days just to get there and back. So, yeah, he was he was by himself for, for a good, I'd say the better part of a month. And then speaking of Yuri Gagarin, that brings up a thing about the game that I like, too. And that is the astronauts. Hmm. Um, and I like that they have different skills that you can sort of lean on. Uh, so, like, one is a pilot who can assist you with landing and re-entry and then a mechanic. So if something goes wrong, again, if it's a minor malfunction, it can be fixed by the mechanic. Um, and then was there a doctor or a medic? Oh, that I don't know. I don't know. Let me, I'm curious if there's a, I don't think there's a reference in here that says what they all are. It's got a great index. So I love this, this while I'm looking this up, I love this book. So the rule book is basically, it, it, it's laid out, the front, the covers are laid out like blueprints. So they're the, the blue with the white writing and everything. It has, a, and one of the things I love in, um, in rule books is the index. And this thing has a great index, index uh, astronaut skills, page 32. See, look, excellent index. I love indexes. Any rule book that doesn't have an index, in my opinion, is not worthy of being a rule book. Um, so astronaut skills here. So we got mechanics. Uh, so they can repair all damaged components on a spacecraft other than other astronauts, because they do are technically considered a component, according to the rules, by consuming a supply 
so basically, if a minor failure is drawn from a life support while a mechanic is on board, a failure acts as a success, causing life support to function, blah, blah, blah. Doctors, as you were saying, an astronaut with the medical symbol can heal all incapacitated astronauts on his spacecraft for free. He cannot heal himself. Uh, and pilots, uh, astronaut with the pilot symbol, improves the effects of outcomes drawn from landing and rendezvous for his craft, a, a.k.a. a minor malfunction acts as a success, and a major acts as a minor. Yeah, of course, the, the effects are not cumulative, but I love it. Um, apparently, there's cooperation here, too. I don't think we ever did that. You can give another agency money or unassembled components. You can give another agency a spacecraft, just replace the spacecraft card and tokens. Uh, you can even share research. Uh, the other agency takes one of uh, the same advancement cards, putting as many outcomes on it as you have on yours. Huh. I don't think we ever did any co cooperation. No, that probably would have been useful for, like... <laughs> wasn't there one to, like... Did we ever turn over or send a man to Mars? We never turned over send a man to Mars, but at one point, I think one of our goals we did have to go through the interplanets transfer because I think we had to do a, was it a Venus flyby or something that somebody had to do or get to a Venus orbit or something. We had to do something in the interplanets. Yeah. You might've had to, and I think, I think you ended up putting uh, a probe in orbit around Venus. Oh yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. I remember sending a probe out there now. Cause then it just stayed in orbit the entire game. Yeah, that that one took uh, that one took um, uh, several turns to get that get that set up and get that out there. Um, one of the things I love about this rulebook too is um, so the rulebook is forty pages of actual rules, which is not bad. They're small pages, nice big print, so it's not like you know you're reading a novel or anything. But after that, you've got one, two, three, ten. You've got another ten or eleven pages called Beyond the Game. And it, it's basically just information and stuff on the actual, on on, on actual history uh, and things. It, it, you know, it gives you a timeline. It says the game begins in 1956, one year before the launch of Sputnik One, the first artificial satellite of Earth. The end date of 1976 was chosen so that the game would end after the first landers on Venus and Mars, but before the Voyager probe reached the outer solar system. The missions were selected to represent milestones from the space race, along with further goals that have not yet been reached. Those missions have been completed as of those missions that have been completed as of 2016 are as follows. And it gives you like it goes from the first sounding rockets in 1942 with the German B2s uh, up to Mercury, the, the Mercury survey 1974. Uh, it lists the space agencies. You know, starting in 1957, going all the way up, 1990, you got the Orbital Science Corps, and 2008, you got SpaceX, uh, 2009, Iran, and 2012, North Korea. Wow, I didn't know North Korea had a space agency. Okay. Do they know they have a space agency? I'm just curious. Uh, no, they don't. But, uh, but yeah, it gives you all this, this, this great, you know, further information based on the, the, the history of, of space exploration and stuff. So it's, you know, if you are a rule book of file like me, <laughs> this is a great rule book to get. There's also expansions for this game, but we haven't played the expansions yet. I don't believe there's the outer planets where you can actually go, uh, 
you know, from the interplanets transfer with Saturn and everything, you, you can you can do the get to the outer planets. You can get to it, it gives you Saturn, Titan, what else here? Uranus, Neptune. You know, but you can only get to flybys of those. You can't actually land on those. It's pretty cool. Uh, we we need to we need to play this again. You know that, right? I know. I miss it. Yeah. I had so much fun when we played the. We played it what? Probably three or four times, three, four maybe times, something like that. I think you won a couple. I think I won one. I don't know if I won the second one. Or the, I don't know if I won a second one or not. No, you. I think I think you won like two, and I might have won one. I know you kicked my butt that first time we played. I'm looking through because you sent me an email of the rule book, and so a PDF file. So I'm looking at that right now, just sort of going through it. Yeah. Uh, and man, so my fiance Megan, you Scott hasn't met her yet, but I've brought her up on the podcast before for different things. She owns a bakery and works at the bakery on the weekends. And while we were closed down, and I was out of school and I didn't have anything to do. I think we played on Sunday mornings. Sunday mornings, yeah. And this game, I'll tell you right now, it takes a long time. It's uh, it, it's got a decent little time sink to it. I think, well, our first game, I think, took us like four or five hours because yeah. it's your first game. Our our next games, though, went decently quick. I think we were done in about two and a half, maybe three hours. So Yeah, but I recall playing the first time, and Megan came home from work while we were still playing. And she just sat there and stared at me while I was talking to Scott through, I think we were using Skype then too. We were using Skype, yep. And playing on the tabletop simulator um, through Steam. And she's just staring at me. And then when we got done playing, she just went, what the hell were you talking about? And I was like, oh, we were playing Leaving Earth. You got to check it out. So then I was showing her all this stuff, and she just sort of like did the, you know, the classic I'm dating a nerd, nod my head and smile. Yeah, sure, I'm listening to you. And <laughs> I, get I just completely nerded out about it. <laughs> it was it was good. Uh, it, it's a great game. Uh, if If you are a nerd... And you, you love, you know, math. And, and I, it's not even complex math. You're literally just doing multiplication. That's that's your only real math. <laughs> Maybe some addition. Addition and multiplication. That's about it. You know, but uh, the other the other expansion here is called Stations, uh, which, which we haven't played yet. Um, but it's got joint missions that can be done. Uh, occupation missions. Man in Black missions. That's kind of cool. Many missions, such as, uh, oh, man and back missions. I thought it was man in black missions. I'm like, the MIB's got stuff in here? What's going on? Astronaut death, solitaire rules, uh, exploring features, uh, rovers is new technology you can have in this, space stations, reusable rockets, hydroponics, fuel generators. So, yeah, you can do a lot of this stuff. And I think uh, it's either Outer Planets. Yeah, Outer Planets takes it up to 1986, and I, I don't think Stations adds any more years. So the game total does does take you all the way up from 1956 to 1986. So Nice. I, I just love this because of all the... It's not complex, but the complexity of it, the sort of in-depthness mm-hmm. of it, and yeah. it's just uh, it's just so much fun, especially when it's really beneficial to have somebody who's on the same level as you with the love of the background, but also the gaming. Yeah, 
Yeah, and that's why you know I'm like I'm like I want to play this game. Who is who is stupid and I mean who is nerdy enough you know to to want to play this with me? And then I'm like, oh, Jay, the doc, he will he will love this game because I knew you know you and I have talked about you know NASA and space exploration and stuff all 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 the time. Love this game. It's a great game. Highly recommend um, it. Yeah, and I I. I looked at some of the... So, there's different levels of games. And let me find that on my thing. I went past it here. Uh, You can play different games. So, like, if you want to play an easy game, there's different cards for the level of difficulty of the mission you're trying to complete. Mm -hmm. Each time you set up the game, you draw different mission cards. And so there's different ways that you can set it up and i'm trying to find it oh here we go okay so you can play an easy game and to play an easy game is five easy cards Mm -hmm. so they're very easy missions to complete uh a normal game is four easy and two medium a hard game three easy three medium two hard and a very hard game is one easy four medium and four hard now if you've never looked at the hard um and Scott, I don't know if you have looked through the hard missions. I don't think I have actually. There are some ridiculous ones. <laughs> um, I think putting a man and it's not even, it doesn't even make sense, but I think putting a man on Venus is a mission and it's like, okay, you can't really put a man on Venus, but all right. Oh, uh, sure. You can. You just have to have the right imagination to do it. Right. You're right. <laughs> but, uh, so, like, some of the easier ones are, you know, put a man in suborbital flight. So yes. just kind of launch him like a cannonball, like our first Mercury missions. Our first Mercury missions, yep. Uh, put a put a satellite in orbit, you know, the Sputnik, things like that. And then you get into the medium ones, which is, like, survey the moon, do a Venus flyby. Like, those are a little more challenging. And when you get into the hard cards, you're just kind of like, okay, I don't even... I'm not even sure what to do anymore. <laughs> well, um, so the normal, the the normal mission, which I think is what we played, we played all normal, normal difficulty yep. games, is you know what what did you say it was like? It was four easy, four easy and two medium, two medium, yeah, and uh, that that's mainly to simulate historically missions, you know, historical more, you know, just if you want to kind of play through the space race itself and not to get too crazy, then you'll do that. Maybe a hard because it gives you one hard, but yeah, those uber difficult ones, they're like, okay, we got to come up with stuff that's, you know, for the technology and stuff at the time, which just damn near next to impossible to achieve just because, I mean, you play it enough that, that that's one thing with the game is it does have some replayability, but if you play it a lot, you will get to know, okay, I need like, you could research and say, okay, for a man, you know, for a man mission to to the moon, to put a moon man on the moon and bring him home, I need this, 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 and this. You know, I can I can immediately start going for it as quickly as possible, and you could you could min max it, and you could probably get there in about three four years if you put nothing else into that, and you get lucky with some of your risk. So they got to keep coming up with with things of that nature. Uh, so it's just really hard and out there that would have never actually happened in in this time period, but it is what it is. So I don't, yeah, I don't think we ever turned over a space station one. No, I don't. I don't think we ever played with the space station stuff in. Oh, that's right. In the, in the base game, it does have one space station like uh, goal, doesn't it? 
I think so, yeah. Because I, I guess and that one you need to you need to have a guy in orbit in space, but then the thing is they need what makes it more challenging is they not only need life support but they need supplies. Yep. Basically supplies work like if you if I remember correctly if you're going to be in space for more than one year, they need some sort of supply. Yeah. So if you have an astronaut in space at the end of the year, if he doesn't have supplies or life support, then he's dead. And there's a goal that uh, you have to have an astronaut, you know, survive one, you know, survive to the next year in space. Now, technically you could send him up into a capsule with no landing ability, no return thrust just put him into orbit with enough supplies to keep him alive for a year and then let him die after that if you really wanted to <laughs> you could because <laughs> there is no it even says right here in the uh in the directions note that there is no requirement to bring this astronaut home yep Jesus, that, that's it's just researching because you're, you're, you're basically the goal is to let's see if we can get an astronaut to live up there and how much food and supplies he would actually need to survive for this amount of time. Cool. Thanks, Henry. Uh, well, it was nice knowing you. Um. <laughs> that's, uh, yeah. And, that, and that's the other thing with like the risk in this is, is you can lose your astronaut. And I'm pretty sure that somewhere in the rule book, it says something about if an astronaut dies, you start like a sort of memorial for all of your astronauts that have perished. You just sort of line them up yep. yeah. <laughs> next to your playing area. You and... get the wall of the dead. <laughs> but luckily for you, Yuri made it through literally everything you put him through. I did. That man should have died when I sent him up uh, repeatedly with... <laughs> with gear that didn't work. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, hey, you're, you'll fix it on his way up. It's okay. Just, I just, it, that was a lot of fun. That game, when we played that one together, where you just kept saying, all right, well, I've got Yuri. He, I think he was the only astronaut that you actually purchased. He was. And you just said, well, I've got Yuri. And then you set him up and, and the poor guy, he kept coming back. He came home. So, probably came home to kick my ass for sending him up there in the first damn place walks into your office while i'm back hey yuri you're going back up <laughs> this time you're going to the moon by yourself take a book <laughs> i don't think you're okay. gonna have anything when you get there but uh yeah it was it was fun we definitely need to play this again thought about seeing if obi john wanted to, to play it with us but i think he would get frustrated with this game I don't think he would make it through a whole game of this. I I agree. I think so. In my opinion of this game, it takes a certain type of individual to be willing to play it for an entire time, like the, through the whole game. I feel like uh, Obi-John would start out interested in it and then sort of, like you said, get a little frustrated with everything and lose some interest because there's a lot of just sort of downtime where you're figuring out, okay, I need this component, this component. I have this much thrust. I have this much weight, but kudos to commander Cox. Cause I believe 
you had a spreadsheet, right, that figured it out for you. I did. I had an Excel sheet that uh, if I started it backwards, so I, basically it has it has drop down lists with uh, with all of the uh, components, uh, their their mass, and if they produce any thrust. And so what I could do is I could I could work my way backwards. I could input the maneuver that I wanted to do. And it would, you know, and then I would input my components and it would tell me, you know, when the thrust to weight ratio was correct for that. And then I would basically just work backwards on the spreadsheet um, and it would tell me stage by stage what I needed to purchase and what I needed to fire when uh, to, to get the uh, to get the mission done. So and in true math teacher nerd fashion, I approached this game with a notebook and a pencil and, and i remember my notebook from the the times that we played there were just scribbles of numbers and addition and circling things and like if i looked back at it now it would probably be like trying to read ancient hieroglyphics it made complete sense to me at the time and i was like <laughs> super into it as i was doing the math and it made sense and i would circle like you know 23 and now if I looked back at that, I'd be like, um, what? <laughs> well, so there, I've got a, I think I've got a way to make this game better for us. Okay. Um, but I'm, I'm still trying to find the component necessary is, is I'm going to buy us as soon as I can find some, I'm going to buy us some actual slide rules and find a yes. way to use slide rules with, with this game because, because every board game needs slide rules. Oh my God. Could you imagine this, this is what I visualize. You and I, sometime in in the future, hopefully the not-too-far future, sitting at, like, a convention like Gen Con, playing this together with slide rules. The only thing that would make it better is if we were both wearing flight suits with NASA and Cynthia. No, 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 no. Not flight suits, because we're not, not the astronauts. Suits. No. We need the white button-up shirt with the black ties, the pocket protector, the buzz haircut, and I. It, it, the 1950s style glasses have come back because um, mine are kind of like that. So right now is the perfect time to get in full NASA engineer cosplay mode. So, uh, can we get pipes? I mean, we, we don't actually have to smoke out of the pipes. We can but... definitely get pipes for this. <laughs> Just sit there and then let, let people walk by going what the hell are these guys doing? And then we can just turn to them and say, we're launching people into space. And that's when somebody else walks up and ushers them away going, don't talk to them. Just don't make eye contact. You'll be fine. Trust me. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. We definitely need to get the, the NASA engineer, 1950s NASA engineer cosplay going on there. Yeah. We will, we will, we will, pick that uh, we, we will work on that for next year's lexicon i i would be down with that yeah That's... we will we will get that going oh well i tell you what uh we are getting on about an hour now so i think we're gonna have to wrap this up as much as as much as i hate because i enjoy talking about this um but we didn't get to it but uh sometime soon i want to do an episode there's a new game that i've got called apollo a game inspired by nasa moon missions and I think you would love this. Um, unfortunately, uh, it is a two to five player game, but I think it would work better with at least three players. Okay. Uh, and uh, yeah, we will go over that sometime uh, in the in the near future. We're gonna wrap up here. I thank you all for joining us 
for for being here on this this nice journey into NASA geekdom with uh, Commander Scott, myself, and the Doc. Thank you for listening to Nerd Alert slash uh, House Rules, or a preview of House Rules, uh, which is a proud member of the Talk Nerdy to Me Network. And if you would like, you can check out our other podcasts. Um, you can look us up on Facebook. Uh, and uh, you can look us up on the app. We, we have an app. Just look up Talk Nerdy to Me. Until next time, thank you all. I believe that this nation should commit itself to achieving the goal before this decade is out of landing a man on the moon and returning him safely to the Earth. T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. 12, 11, 10, 9. Ignition sequence start. 6, 5... Four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. 32 minutes past the hour. Liftoff on Apollo 11.